ShareFest yesterday. I, I want everybody to have the opportunity to see what I saw. If you, if you were at ShareFest and you were working, would you just stand up real quick? Look at that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. You, you, can, you can be seated. You know, what's, you know what's cool? In the blood drive, in the blood drive we, we, you know, we set some goals. We had a goal of 27 pints. That's a lot of blood. Hello? That's a, lot, that's a bunch of it. And, uh, well, we, we got 31. That's cool. Yet, yesterday, we had, from the garden, we had over 100 people working, uh, completed 13 job sites. It, it was awesome. It was awesome. Amen. And partnering with, uh, I don't know, have they told us yet how many churches? 30, 30, 30 some churches in the Tri-Cities area to, uh, to make a difference. And there's a lot of testimonies. Make sure you grab one of the people that stood and, and, and just ask them what was cool yesterday. And they'll share some great stories. You know, people that uh, just were so deeply touched and it was awesome. And, and, uh, uh, it, it was fun. Shelby and I, we went around to different job sites, and we were taking pictures, so I'd always ask to, to, for one of the tools. Yeah. So it looked like I was doing a lot and made them stop working so I could hold their leaf blower. And, uh, uh, get, well, it's a photo op. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, many people, so many people doing great things. I, I just want to celebrate you today. I think it's awesome that you've done it. I mean, as a matter of fact, give, give them all another big hand, would you? Hey, uh, real quick, even before we make our confession together, I just want to see, hold, if you, you got your Bible, hold your Bible up. <laughs> you switched out. Uh, this, is, this is cool. A lot, lot of actual Bibles in this one. You know, uh, last night, hold your Bible up, and it was just devices all across the room. You know, they're Androids, and you can put them down, Androids and Blackberries and iPads, and we got all this stuff. And, 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 and you know, I got to tell you, this, you know, I, I love this thing, because it's got like, I got, I got like seven or eight Bible translations and concordances and word studies right in there. But still, there ain't nothing like the real thing. Huh? There ain't, there ain't nothing like the real thing. You know, it's just something about the smell, you know, the leather and the, and the paper. And, and if, you, if, you're, if your device smells, that's just wrong. But, you know, if, if, and, you know, I just want to encourage you to, to get in the book. And, and you know, because there's, uh, there's something about this. You know, there, there are passages of Scripture that, I, I don't have any idea sometimes where they're at, you know, like what book it's in even. But I, I can find it because I know it's on the right-hand side of the page, you know, down about three-quarters of the way. And, and, and you know, th- I mean, you see my pages here? I've spent some time in this one. And, uh, uh, you know, there, there's just something about it because there, there, are, there are things in this book That are, have been so life-giving. You know, I, I hope you know. I, I hope you got your Bible on your Android, so it's just with you everywhere. But I hope you got a book, you know, that you're spending time in and that you're highlighting. And you know, if you don't if you don't write in that Bible, steal one and you know, write in it, and do whatever you got to do. But but spend some time in there. You know, there have been there have been so many times. Uh, you know, well, where, where the where the edge of your page go? And by the way, don't please, uh, don't go buy me a new Bible. Wow, that dude needs a Bible. Don't don't go buy me a new one because I I can't transfer because I can't find anything in the new one. Uh, I even tried to replace this with a new one, and they've changed the Thompson Chain Study Bible, so I can't I can't do it. 
you know, because I, I thumbed through them and I can't find my stuff. But, you know, these pages, these, these pages are, are worn because there's so many times that, man, this is what we're hanging on to. Uh, I, I mean, this is it. This, this was life. And, it, you know, the situation didn't look, feel, smell, or taste like what we were expecting. You know, we, we, we sang it, all your promises won't let go of me. But how many of his promises do we let go of? And, and, and you know, there, there have been times in, in our life, you know, that uh, we've just had to hang on to this stuff. And, and I literally would, you know, would just hang on to this book and walk and pace the house and pray and talk to God and say, look, it says right here, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment you shall condemn. And, and, and I just ha- hanging on to those promises. You know, and, and, and diving into this word and spending time until it came alive inside of me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that God's word can make a huge difference in your current situation. And, and, and it doesn't matter what that situation is. If you get into this word until this word gets into you, it's going to change everything. Everything, you know, and, and it's not it's not the same. You know, there's there's times where, you know, I'm, I'll find it in here and I'll walk. It's not the same. I don't know. I think you need a personal relationship with your book. You know, the, 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 you just man, this is this is mine. And I, I'll tell you what, you know, you sneak off with this. We hunting you down. Right. <laughs> uh, because th- this is life. And, you know, every week we tell you, man, if you need a Bible, you know, raise your hand. Matter of fact, if you need one right now, if you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. But, but I, I, I want to encourage you. You know, the, the, I'm telling you what, the one we're going to give you, you better have good eyesight. Uh, because, it, it's, it's, man, it, it, printing that thing is so small. I, you know, somebody last week, a couple of weeks ago, they came up and said, and she was, she was very nice. And, and she just said, you might as well keep it. You know, and, and I'm like... Yeah, and uh, uh, so, but so the one we're giving you is probably not going to be your lifelong companion. In make an investment, get one that you're going to carry, get one that you're going to keep, get one that you know, and and, and get, man, you know, just as your pastor, I just got to tell you something. If you don't ever receive anything else from from this guy, hear this. This word will empower you to make it through anything. Anything. And there's going to be times in your life when great people won't really have the big picture. But God does. There are going to be times in your life when, when, when family members really are telling you the wrong thing. And not necessarily on purpose. But, you know, it's, it's just, they're, they're, you know, sometimes, sometimes, have you ever noticed that sometimes your heart goes out so much for somebody and you just want to make it easy. And so, you know, so you just kind of agree a little bit, you know, and but God's word, you know, it just never changes, you know, and and, and it's solid and, it, and it's there. And if you can get this planted in the fertile soil of your heart. I, man, I tell you, I, I want to preach my message, but I want to make this point. And this point to me right now is more important than anything that uh because every one of us are in different circumstances, in different situations, in different challenges, in different struggles, and, and, and we're all on, 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 on a growth, you know, in journey. 
you know, none of us have made it. Uh, not, none of us are, are, are perfect. None of us are, you know, with, without, uh, you know, flaw and, and without weakness. We've got some stuff. But I'm, and I just want you to know that wherever you are, whatever that challenge is, in the middle of the night, you know, when, when, when you just wake up and roll over and, and you know where it's at on the page. And you can go find it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And you can hang on. Not one time, not one time have we ever been disappointed. Because we trust God's word. Every time I deviated from it, every time, regret. Not, not 90% of the time, every time I deviated from that word, I had regret. But not one time were we disappointed. Get a relationship with the word of God. Amen. Hold your Bible up in there. Lift it up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I choose to do what it says I can do. See, I've got an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them that whole thing was for you. Amen. I love my Bible. <laughs> I better get my notes. Uh, I'm going to jump right in where we were last week, all right? And we're just going to go from there and just get a little bit deeper, okay? So we were at 1 Timothy 6, 17, and 18. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Command those who are rich. Command those who have been given abundant supply. That's what the word rich there means. It's, it, it's to, be, uh, to be the recipient of abundant supply. That's you and, that's you and I. That's us. We've been given abundant supply. Come on. We've been given abundant supply. First Peter says that he has, by his divine power, has given us all things that are needed to live a godly life. Everything you need to live God life. Every, everything you need to live God life, he's already given it. You know, quite often, don't we, don't we have a tendency to, to look at what we don't have and use that as an excuse for not producing what we should produce, right? And, and we look at what somebody else in the relationship doesn't have, and we look at something at the job that we don't have. No, we have everything we need for success. You know, we have everything that we need. Uh, uh, we've been positioned by God to win or succeed regardless of the situation. We are blessed. And, and he said, you know, talk to these people who have been abundantly supplied. We've got what we need. We've been, we've been given abundant Supply. In other words, more than enough. Not just enough to make it, but you've been given more than enough. You've been given more than enough. And he said, uh, command them not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches. Don't, don't, don't trust in, in the provision. Trust 
the provider. Right? He, he said, but trust in the living God. You know, put your trust in God. Put your trust in the living God. Nothing else. Just trust God. I love Acts 16.31 in the message. It says, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live the life you were meant to. And your whole house too. And your whole house too. What a great promise. That if you put your entire trust in the Master Jesus, number one, you're going to live the life you were meant to live. Nothing, nothing can separate you from your God-given destiny. There, there's not any power, not any force, there's not a government, there's not a, you know, a, 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 nothing. Your boss can't keep you out of the position that God's created you for, because he ain't bigger than God. So he said, here's what I want you to do. Put your entire trust in the living God. You put your entire trust. That, that means that you ain't got any trust left for anything else. Right? If you take, take, take your paycheck, you put the entire thing at U.S. Bank. Well, you don't have anything left to run off to Giza. Right? Because you put the entire thing. You know, if you put your entire check at, you know, in the bank, then, then you don't have anything, you know, mad money. You ain't got none because you, because you put the entire thing. Right? And, and, uh, and my point isn't that you should never have mad money. My point is, is that you shouldn't have any trust left because you put it all in the living God, who has given us all things to enjoy, right? To enjoy, to enjoy all things, to do good, to be ready to give, to be willing to share, to do, to enjoy all things, to do good, to be ready to give, to be willing to share. What are these? These are manifestations of your trust in God. You gotta understand that, that if you enjoy all things, if you're doing good, if you're ready to give, if you are willing to share, that is how you're demonstrating trust. You trust in God now. Because I'm enjoying things that I couldn't before. Why? Because I used to worry about those things and how they're gonna impact me. But now, now I got my entire trust in God, in the living God, so I can just enjoy the life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about enjoying life. And the enemy is, is, is trying to engage you in all of these other things, all these other worries and all of these other fears and all of these other beliefs so that you, you know, it's, it's not so that you won't enjoy life. It's so that you'll shift your trust. See, there's something about trusting God that's, that's vital. You know, it, guys, it's a commandment. It's a commandment. Trust the living God. Nothing else. Well, you know, commandment, that seems kind of harsh. You know, so, well, maybe we need a revelation of commandments. Right? There's, there's like a thousand fifty commandments in the New Testament alone. Well, what about grace? I thought, we were, I thought we weren't under the law. I thought we were under grace. Well, grace is not a blanket you hide under. It's an empowering agent you operate in. The grace of God empowers you to do what you couldn't do before, and actually he raises the bar, So, because with his grace you can do more than you ever could. Well, let me put it this way. With grace you could do more than you couldn't do without it. I mean, you could, you're right, you couldn't do what the law said, but now you can go beyond that because of the power of God and his divine power, grace, that's working in you. Um, commandments aren't given to manipulate and control you, so, you know, and to manipulate your life, commandments are given 
so that you are in a position to receive the benefits of covenant. See, uh, our relationship with God is not a contract. The commandments aren't contract rules. Uh, they're uh, covenant principles. And, uh, you know, a contract, we've talked about it before, right? A contract is a legal binding agreement entered into by two or more individuals based upon mutual distrust. We, we have to sign contracts because nobody's word's any good. But, but a covenant is a mutual agreement, this binding, that's entered into by two or more individuals based upon mutual commitment. Commitment. See, uh, even, in, even in our current society, we, we, we're starting to understand some things, but yet we, see, we, we, we don't always see everything the way we should. If I said, you know, uh, coming to God is not about religion, it's about relationship. The problem is, is that you and I don't really understand covenant relationship. We, 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 you know, that's a, that's a true statement that, you know, that we're not trying to enter into a religion, you know, a religious ceremony. We want relationship, but we want God relationship. We want life as God has it, right? We want God life. We want to think like He thinks. We want to, uh, uh, to, to see what He sees. And in order to have that, we, we don't just have relationship. We have covenant. See, you and I, we're in relationship. We got, we're tight. You know, we're tight until one of us irritates the other one. But God said, I'm loving you with an everlasting love. It ain't going to... He already knows, and I'll just talk about me and God for a minute. God already knows I'm not going to, you know, uphold everything, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up. He ain't walking on... He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I, I love the song that we're singing right now. You know, God is with us. He's on our side. He will never... Never leave us. Now, I, I have personal revival every time we sing this. Because it's just a, the, the revelation is getting deeper and deeper. That, you know, that, man, that I, I'm right here. I'm right here, man. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm on your side. I'm not walking out when it gets tough. I'm not trying to, to get out of the promise. I'm trying to draw you into the place where I can see the promise fulfilled. This, this is what God's saying to us. I'm not trying to, to figure out how to, how to not fulfill it. I'm trying to keep you through, and I'm giving you commandments that will keep you positioned where I can produce in your life my heart and my desire. And, and, and you, you just got to understand that when, when you're enjoying all things, what a one-two punch to the devil. You know, when he's just spitting out all this junk into your life and you're just enjoying life anyways. Well, there's some things I just refuse to enjoy. Well, you know, you know I, don't think that, I don't think what he's talking about is, you know, enjoying cancer. But enjoying the fact that God's going to produce health. You know, I, I don't think you ought to enjoy poverty. I think you ought to enjoy the fact that my God supplies all my needs and prosperity is His plan. And that when I stay in His plan, this is going to be awesome how God works this out. That when, when, when the stuff hits the fan, you just got this weird mentality that just knows that oh, God causes all things to work together for my good because I love Him and I'm called according to His purpose. And I, I just enjoy the benefits of God. I'm trusting God. Doing good, doing good. You know, sometimes, sometimes doing good. Come on, we're growing, right? And, and it was really cool yesterday because everybody that we saw doing good was actually enjoying themselves. And, and there, there, you know, let's, let's be honest, there have been times that, that you know, we, we've gone out and, okay, we're going to do this. Dang it. How come they're not at my house? 
you know, and, and you're doing it. But and, and a lot of times, a lot of times you gotta you gotta realize it. And and you know, we don't have enough time today to get into every scripture and break it down for you. But let me just tell you that the Bible tells us: make sure your love is real, genuine. Right. That it's, that it's not put on. That's not fake. That and your motives are right. Because a lot of times uh, we're doing good out of uh, out of a wrong motive. We, we, we're just trying to look a certain look. Right. And go through. And sometimes and I, maybe maybe that's required, you know, to, to kind of get you in the flow, you know, because there are some things that that I know that God wants us to do. And and it's kind of like uh, remember when when uh, the Philistines were sending the Ark of the Covenant back. And, uh, and they tied it up to, uh, to two cows that had baby calves and, and they, because they didn't want to do this wrong. They had already had some bad experience having this thing around. Right? How many of you guys read the book? You know, they had, they had the ark and they weren't getting all this stuff that, you know, God's people were getting. They, they were getting hemorrhoids and stuff like that. And they were like, get this thing out of here. And, and, but let's, let's not mess this up. So they, 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 they put it on, on, a, on a cart that was uh, pulled by a couple of cows that had just given birth to calves because they knew that if the cows would leave the calves, then that must be God. And the Bible says that the cows began to carry the ark out, lowing as they went. They didn't want to go. But they were under an unction that was causing them to go. And, you know, some of you guys are looking at me like, what's that mean? Well, you've done it. Right? You're doing the right thing, lowing as you go. Right? You know, it's like the kid, you know, when you tell him, get up, turn off the Xbox, and take out the garbage. Well, he's lowing as he goes. Okay? But he's going. Because if he don't. <laughs> okay, and so and so you get it, and and but some of us, you know, when it comes to that doing good, you got to realize that you got to shift over to where, you know, when you're really trusting God, you're not worried about how come they're not at your house, because you're trusting God, because God's going to handle your house, God's going to God's going to take care of your place, right? And so you know, you're just enjoying it, and you're doing good, and you're ready. To give, and you know, studying that statement, ready to give. One of the one of the major reasons I wanted to come back and pick up here is because uh, it, it literally means that uh, uh, that you're operating from your true identity. You, it's why you exist. Your God created you to be a giver. You, you're not a consumer. You're you, you you're a provider. You're you're Jira Junior. Hello? That, that when, see, see, good, we're talking about doing good, but we don't often stop and think about what the word good means. Good means to give of yourself for the betterment of the environment. Right? Something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. A lot of people are good for nothing. They just, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're not bringing anything. And, and there's, there's got to be this shift where, where we come and we begin to give of ourselves. Why? Well, because we're ready means to, you know, in advance, prepared in advance, ready to give. So we're looking for the opportunity to operate out of our true identity. See, see that my, my carnal identity, uh, wants to get everything I can and keep everything I get and but but my but the spirit the god man in me is is wanting to take everything and and be a provider to, to being ready 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 to give now i'm just ready to to be part of the solution you know i think that god's put you and i on the planet 
uh, uh, in a lot of cases, as the answer to somebody else's prayer. I'm telling you, you know, there, there's a, there was a nice lady yesterday that, uh, you know, Shelby and I swung by the place and we were taking pictures and we were talking to the lady and, and just visiting and, and, and looking at the house and, and, and she was going to take me inside the house and she got up to the front door and she had a storm door thing, you know, screen door on the front and she starts fidgeting around with that and banging on it and she looks at me and she's kind of embarrassed and she looks at me and she says, uh, you know, it doesn't really work that well and she's banging around there and I'm serious, it was a couple of three minutes before she got her front door open and, you know, and I'm looking at this door thinking, <laughs> you know, what, what if it was raining or snowing or cold? So, you know, this is an easy fix, we got this whole crew here. You know, I'm just thinking, this is an easy fix. You know, how, we're just a couple of blocks from brand new doors. You know, if we can't fix this door, let's replace this door. Well, we're only here to do the grass. No, no, we're, we're here. We're here. And that's not what anybody said. That's just, you know, the, the, the thoughts that are going through my head. You know, you know, come on, calm down. You know, just, you know and they got, they got more jobs. No, we've got to do this. And I've got to tell you something, by the time we are done, you know, taking care of the extra stuff that just popped up and putting a new door on her house and doing all this. i got to tell you something. That, that, that woman was moved. You know, and she's standing there, you know, I mean, half the time she's crying. She don't know what to do with herself. And, 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 and she's, she makes this statement. She said, I think I've died and gone to heaven. Well, isn't that how people should feel when you show up? Heaven just entered my environment. Why? Well, because I trust God. I don't have to be afraid to give. I know that God's going to take care of me. Right? God's, God's going God's to provide. And He's using me to, to bring heaven into somebody else's world. How awesome is that? And, and that's one of the things I think the enemy's trying to, to keep us separated from is, is the ability to uh, experience those moments just by, just by convincing us that, well, you know, I need to take care of me. I need to focus on me. No, I'm telling you that when you trust God, see, the Bible says, casting all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Matthew 6 says, take no thought what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to put on. Don't worry about tomorrow. You, you don't do that. But seek first, aim at, strive for, go after. His way of doing and being right. Then all the stuff you've worried about, that'll be added to you. Right? So you put your entire trust in the, in the Master so that you can enjoy God life. So that you can do good and it's actually good. And you're ready to give. You're looking for, you're looking for the opportunity to operate in, in your true identity. That, that, that's the identity. You know, we got three identities. You have a, a perceived identity, you have a, a projected identity, and you have a true identity. Your perceived identity is how you think everybody sees you. Your projected identity is, is the picture that you put out that you hope, you're hoping this is how they see you. But your true identity, that's the one that God has covenant relationship with. He, he, he sent Jesus to die for the true you, not the fake one. See, a lot of us are so used to living in the fake one. Well, the fake one ain't got no authority. The fake one don't have any anointing. The fake one ain't got any connection with God. The fake one's a fake one. That's a fantasy. You know, the, the way you hope people see you. Isn't it crazy? Uh, you know, 
That's really why this next one, you know, willing to share. Willing to share is not easy. I said willing to share is not easy. Because, uh, you, you know, if this is going to flow from your true identity. Because you, you, have to, you have to not be motivated by pleasing people. Now, Shelby and I will have been married 28 years this, this year, right? 28 years. Um, and we've been in full-time ministry the whole time. I was in ministry before, but, you know, Shelby and I together, 28 years. And, and not all of that has been, you know, as in the senior pastorate. We've got about 12 years of, of being senior pastors. We've, uh, the rest of this time was spent, uh, you know, serving others. And, and I tell you, I think, I think one of the most important, uh, really, the most important lesson I ever learned serving others uh, and it's kind of weird because it's like if I was talking to a group of young ministers, this is what I'd tell them, that you, you have to own the vision. Because if you don't, you, you end up being an ear when you've been called to be a voice. And, and you know, when we first started the church, so let me put it to you this way, the, the temptation, the temptation uh, is to please people, you know, and just kind of tell them anything they need to hear and, you know, when we were first starting the church, you know, people would come and we'd sit down and, and they'd begin to share, man, I hope we have a ministry like this. And they begin to de- define something that in my heart, I knew we'd never do it ever. But, you know, man, we're starting a church and we need some bodies up in here, you know, and, and oh, yeah, that sounds really good. We're probably going to have to pray about that, you know, and I know we ain't going to do it, you know. And, and, and you know, uh, the, the, and the reality is, is that, uh, you know, the, you, you, the temptation is to is just please people and, and so that we can we can lock in here. But but the truth is uh, is that the, the the truth is not light. Matter of fact, if you if you read uh, a lot of Paul's writing, Paul Paul makes a statement in Second um, Corinthians. He makes a statement. He said, uh, you know, I, I know I know that my letter uh, disturbed you, and and I was bothered by that i was I, I was upset by that for a minute he said because now i see that, that that my letter you you were bothered but only for a moment and now you it has moved you to repentance um you know there's nothing harder than looking at somebody you love as a family member a friend close friend and saying i can't agree with that no nope, you're making the wrong choice it's, it's not bible It's not Bible. Uh, and if you, if you don't develop this, see, it's really hard to carry the load. Uh, I think in your King James Bible, it says willing to communicate. Right? Uh, so he makes, this, he makes this commandment. He makes this commandment. Uh, put your trust in God. Enjoy all things. Do good. Be ready to give. Willing, King James, willing to communicate. It means to lock into fellowship. It means to enter that covenant. It means it means to it's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of the picture of lock and shields, you know, to uh, 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 to be willing to share this thing, and and you're not disconnecting for any reason. Why? Because that's going to keep you in place, so that my promises can be produced in your life. You know, really what it comes down to, and just because of time, let me just read a couple, couple more verses to you uh, so that you can see, you know, really what I want to talk about 
And first, let's look at um, 1 Thessalonians 4.7. Look at this. God has not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Okay, so what's your calling? What, what is your calling? Uh, remember uh, 1 Peter, he said, for you've been called to good works, even if you suffer. Okay, so uh, I've been called to do good works, but he says that God has called me to holiness. God has called me to holiness. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, God has called you to be holy. It's easier to tell somebody else. Okay, look at 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. Look at this. Uh, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. You know, growing up in church, you know, man, I can't tell you how many times I heard messages, you know, titled, The Highway to Holiness. And, dude, they were good, weren't they? And, uh, uh, but, you know, again, it's kind of like you say the word relationship, and our mind goes to a certain place, maybe not always right. Uh, you say holy, God wants you to be holy, and a lot of times our mind goes someplace that isn't necessarily right. We start seeing a picture of, you know, well, uh, you know, the skirt's got to be so long it drags out the tracks behind them, and, and they can't be, you know, women can't wear makeup, men can't wear any jewelry, and that's not really holiness. That, that's a that's a religious you know mindset. That's all, actually almost legalism. Listen, to, legalism is not holiness, right? He said, "No, I, I want you to be holy as I am holy." Or, or God said, "You know, uh, you know, it's kind of like saying my thoughts aren't your thoughts, neither my ways your ways." That's not a put down; it's an invitation up. So, to to live a holy life is to live a godlike life. Uh, listen, listen to this. Holiness does not consist of mystic speculation or enthusiastic fervor. It consists in thinking as God thinks, willing as God wills. Neither does holiness mean, as so often we think, adhering to a list of do's and don'ts, and we know that's mostly don'ts. When Christ came into the world, he said, I have come to do your will, O Lord. And this is the example you and I are to follow that in all of our thoughts, our actions, in every part of our character, that the ruling principle that motivates and guides us should be the desire to follow Christ in doing the will of the Father. This is the high road that we take in the pursuit of holiness. That I would seek first his way of doing and being right. That I would want his will to be produced in my life above and beyond my will. And I, I've, you know, I've been wrestling with, with, the, with some issues you know, in church life, in our society, and in our culture, because you know, I have this passion to see people walk in insane victory. You know, God life is more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more healing than sickness, more provision than lack. And, and we, you know, we're supposed to be demonstrating Satan's defeat and living a life that humiliates hell. And, and, and where is the production of victory? And God's begin to speak to me and said, you know what? What we're doing is we're, we're, we're in pursuit of victory, which is God's role. Because he provides the victory. When we need to be in pursuit of obedience, that would be our rule. Because it's our obedience that allows God to produce the victory. 
I, I, I know today that you're writing maybe some stuff down or, or letting it soak in. That's good. Um, because, you know, why is it so hard to obey God? Well, because our wills are so strong. And we, we, we you know, there's two opposing forces that are at work trying to win you over. And, and uh, really, I, you know, I'm just trying to simplify holiness today. That there is a fire that God doesn't want to burn out. He, he does not want the fire of holiness to burn out in his people. And he wants us to, to focus on the fire because it will sustain us through the storm. He wants us to, to feed the fire and stick with it so that we won't be sorry at the end. And, 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 and trying to just simplify holiness. I've been really you know, seeking God. and Okay, help me here. And, and God he kind of put it this way. Listen, you've got, you got two forces, discipline and regret. Both forces produce pain. Discipline is painful before an event. Regret is painful after an event. If you weighed discipline, you would weigh it in ounces, but if you weigh regret, you'd have to weigh it in tons. That a little discipline, you know, you, we say that to people, you just need a little discipline. What we're saying is, you're going to have to go through a lot of pain. But nothing compared to the pain of the regret that will follow if you don't go through the pain of discipline. If you don't discipline yourself and, and line up, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm walking with Jesus. I don't want to be a fan of Christ. I want to be a follower. Well, that ain't easy. But it's worth it to sever the pain of regret that you're going to carry with you. And some of us, man, couldn't we testify about regret? We look back and, and we just got tons of it. And, you know, God forgives. And, yeah, but we, you know, we don't. And I'm not talking about others. I'm talking about ourselves. We get a picture of, of who we are and how bad we are and how weak we are and, 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 and how, how great we are at failing. And you carry that. And God, His commandments are just simply trying to position you so that you'd be free from that. So that you wouldn't have to deal with regret. So that you would, you would develop this discipline. Just live holy. Just live my life. Just live God life. Just do it my way. Just, just, just put your trust in me. You can enjoy this. You, you don't have to feed that carnal nature. Trust me here. God, God's just said, come on, trust me here. Give, give me your life. You, you can enjoy this. You can do good in any situation. You can overcome the evil just by doing the good and, and giving, being ready to, and operating out of your true identity and, and, and willing to share. Own the vision I'm giving you. Don't be an ear. Be a voice. Don't just live in agreement, but speak the truth. Like I do. My word doesn't change. It's, it's, you know, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. Live this way, and I can produce victory for you. I can have you walking on top of serpents and scorpions. Nothing shall by any means harm you. 
See, all my life, I, I heard about holiness as being these hoops I had to jump through and, and, and this work and this effort that I had to do so that I was worthy of something. And God said, no, 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 no. No, what, what this is is a fire that I want you to protect in your life so I can work in your life. Because there's certain things that you're not going to find in the same environment as the presence of God. You know what? Anger. You're not carrying anger into the presence of God. Unforgiveness. You don't get to go into the presence of God with it. Well, you're supposed to be living in the presence of God. And the enemy is just trying to find a way to separate you. So that you're just, you know, you're just on the outskirts, just right where all of his promises are outside your reach. So it'll frustrate you. So you can see you can see it just enough to not experience it. What, what's keeping us from insane victory? It's the lack of holiness in our life. We're not like God. Listen to this. The temptation is huge, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, this ready-to-give thing, and i got to hurry. i got like two minutes. This, this, this ready-to-give thing, God was dealing with me about this a couple weeks ago, and, and I shared this with some guys uh, Thursday morning, point man prayer. You know, uh, I was just sharing with these guys that uh, I was, Evan and I were out, and we were running the, the trail there between, you know, from the, around the bridges. And I'm coming down, and, and I see this guy, and, and he's out there. I've seen him before. And he's got a big black, you know, uh, garbage sack, and he's digging through the stuff, and and, you know, he's doing it. He's working. And uh, as we're running towards him, God begins to speak to me in my, you know, in my heart about you're going to bless him today. And I got to tell you, you know, when I run, I try to run with as little on me as possible. Right? It's not like I want to carry a bunch of stuff. But we had, you know, we had gone to the bank and I, and I had cashed a check and they had given me a, a large bill. <laughs> okay. and, and so I had this bill in my pocket because I didn't want to leave it in the car. And, uh, you know, because we were driving an old pickup, and, and the, you know, I, I just knew that I'd leave that, you know, this is going to be gone. And so I, so I had that. So I'm running with this large bill in my pocket, and God said, you're going to bless him. And so I started arguing with God. You know, and luckily, he, you know, that guy was going the same direction we were, so it, it actually gave him more time, God, to deal with me. And I'm thinking, bless him. So when I, when I run by, bless you. And, you know, and it's, okay, is that what you're talking about? I, I, can, I can do that, God. And, and God's like, no, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I start arguing, well, what's he going to do with the money? He's going to take the money. He's probably going to go out there and buy booze. He's going you know, to do a bunch of stuff. And God's like, you're going to bless him. And... Really, I realized that, okay, God didn't say, I want you to even. He just said, you're going to. And, you know, and, so, and I, I got one of my kids with me. I got this thing. So I'm like, God's going to humiliate me. I'm going to fall down and break my ankle right in front of the guy if I don't, you know. So I'm just going to do it. So I start, instead of having an argument, I just started focusing on the temptations. And how, how many of them there were. And suddenly I realized, not far off the trail, Right, really, we, we had come past about where your old shop was, you know, and not far there, just right off the trail, there's, there's a little side trail that goes down. You can go over to that market. You could buy just one thing, break that big bill. You know, that way you'd be positioned for further blessings. You know, don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. You know, and I'm just thinking, well, you know, because I want to be a steward. 
You know, that's what we tell ourselves when we're being stingy and greedy. I'm a steward. And, and, uh, and, and, but, you know, and I'm just watching all of these temptations come in. And I realize this. Listen, listen to this. Uh, that victory over temptation started in a garden. Eve was in a garden. And Jesus was in a garden. At both places, the price was extremely high. But you and I are in the garden today. And it comes down to a simple choice. One, which will glorify the serpent. Or the other, which will glorify the Savior. How am I going to get victory over temptation? By choosing who I'm going to live to glorify. Who am I going to live to glorify? just want you to think about this as I close. Are you spending time alone with God? Is your love for God and His Word, is it on the increase? Do you love it more this week than you did last week? You know, are, are, are you developing an appetite for the Word of God? How about your thought life? Is your thought life more pure today than it was last month? Are you walking in total obedience to God? Are you continuing to grow and to change? You know... Without change, growth is not occurring. So are you different than you were? Are you thinking different? Are you feeling different? Are you choosing different? Do you give more than you receive? And last but not least, have you been honest with yourself as I ask these questions? Are you growing yourself? Are you becoming more like God? Him. We don't have any excuses. That's our responsibility. And you and I have got to make a commitment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to live holy. It's an Old Testament word with right now realities. I'm going to seek His will, not mine. Because if I do it, not only will I know God more, but I'll have a greater understanding of what God life really is. Victory is not what I need to pursue. Victory is going to come as a result of my pursuit of holiness. And the more like him I am, I suddenly realize that, you know what? God's not defeated. God's not depressed. God's not worried. God's not broke. God's not nervous. God's not offended. So as I pursue holiness, that just begins to manifest in me. And I begin to see victory. Just because I trusted God. Amen? Will you, will you bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you.